Welcome back to the Expanded Minds podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me, and her name is Ellie Lee. Ellie has been an on-camera personality for 10 plus years and has been featured on MTV, VH1, The 1D Williams Show, iHeartRadio, Complex, and much more. She has also interviewed celebrities such as Logic, Demi Lovato, BTS, et cetera, et cetera. After a move in 2019 to Los Angeles with the dream of making it in Hollywood, Ellie found herself spiraling into an illusory world full of anxiety, depression, and hopelessness. After hitting rock bottom, Ellie decided to spiral her way upwards and find healing and truth. And so the past three plus years, Ellie has spent undergoing a various amount of healing and mystical transformations that has led her to become a beacon of light for those going through similar spiritual, emotional, mental distresses. Hence, the reason she has become a mystical life coach at Masters of Self University. And so that being said, welcome on. Thank you so much for having me, man. When I listen to that, I'm like, oh, I've been on a journey <laughs> and I'm still very much on it. Uh, but thank you for the beautiful introduction. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. And I did some, obviously I did some research because I've interviewed you. <laughs> um, but um, what I connected to, like in your story, like you talked about how when you were younger and growing up, you would like look out into the world and you'd feel the pain and the sadness of it. And you'd also feel, you know, darkness and things like that. And you talked about how you're a very sensitive person growing up. And so I'm curious as to, because as we get older and things like that, a lot of times we lose that sensitivity and, you know, ability to let really feel and reflect on the world deeply like that. So I'm curious as to like, as you start getting older, you know, you, ha you have sensitivity, you're able to feel the world, look at the world in a very deep way. How did you slowly start to lose that? And what made you come back to that? Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think we ever lose it. I think that we just have so many unhealed wounds and programs that we run and trauma that we experience that kind of makes us not want to be who we truly are. And so, you know, it was a, it was news to me when I realized and found out a year ago that I was something called a highly sensitive person. Their HSPs, they only make up 20% of the world. And we just experience the world in a much deeper way. We can feel things in a much deeper way. And, you know, I think all of my life, I've seen that as my biggest problem and my biggest battle is why am I so sensitive and why am I so emotional? And now I realize like, it's my greatest gift. It's my greatest superpower. There's a reason why our souls came in here choosing to be highly sensitive. And I think we, we are birthed into a world that doesn't, um, that doesn't adhere to people like us. And so they put meds on us and they label us as things. And I thought my entire life I had mental illness and that there was something wrong with me. And now I realized the whole time there was actually nothing wrong with me. I just could feel and sense the world in a much deeper way than Joe Schmo next door. And so I've been on a journey of honoring uh, my sensitivities and seeing it as a gift now. And I know that the more that I heal, listen, the more that you heal, the more sensitive you are going to become. It's, it's, it's impossible. And I think we We've seen sensitivities as such a downfall in our lives, when in reality, like the more you heal, the more you go into yourself, you will begin to see that they are your actual greatest power. And I think that HSPs, uh, we are the ones that really should be at the forefront of everything because, I mean, we can feel things deeper than a lot of other people. And so um, how what are we here? How are we here to change the world with the way that we feel with the way that um, we can sense things with how sensitive we are. And so it's been a journey of really honoring that within myself and not seeing it as like, there's something wrong with me because truly like, I, I remember as a kid, just like, why am, why am I so sad? Like I, I, I could literally be in my car with my mom driving down the street and I could just weep. Like I could just cry. I, I, I used to live in this like really high story building growing up in New Jersey. And I used to just look out the window and watch people and I would just cry. And I used to be like, I don't understand why people don't feel what I feel within me. And why do I feel this way? And what is wrong with me? And, you know, I'm a kid of the late eighties. Like, it's not like kids like me were like told like, oh no, like let's go into your sensitivity. Let's figure out, you know, why you are the way that you are. It's not, it's like, I don't fit in. So I need to do everything to fit in because I'm not going to survive. I knew that really little. I knew that I was different and I knew that I wasn't going to survive because I'd look around me and I'd be like, oh, nobody else is like me. So there's something that's up with me. 
So I need to hide all of this and I need to suck it up buttercup for me to survive. And so that's what I did. And it wasn't until everything kind of my whole life, I've been like super depressed and like anxious and like all of these things. But I think it really started knocking on my door in 2019, where it was like, it's time to go in because you're not going to be able to survive if you don't understand why you are the way that you are. And that's when the calling for my awakening began. And it has been the craziest, I'm sure you can relate, the craziest ride of my life. And to know that I'm just at the beginning of it is mind blowing to me because this is the most brutal, but most beautiful thing I have ever done in my entire life. And I know that like, this is just the start. And so I'm constantly coming back to this, the surrender of like, Ellie, who you're meant to become and who you're becoming, even in this moment is, is mind blowing and is so beautiful, but just strap in because it is uncomfortable and it is painful. So that's kind of like, I'm just learning to honor, like I have a superpower. And so like, let's help the world with this gift that I came into this world with. Yeah. And you said that the world doesn't cater to it. Like, what do you mean by it doesn't cater to it? Because I mean, there, there maybe people don't really understand, like, yeah, you're a sensitive person, right? They don't really understand what that means to be high sensitive. So like, what do you mean they don't cater to sensitivity I and things like that? I mean, think about it. The world that we live in, all we're taught is not to feel our emotions, right? All we're taught is like we're given coping mechanisms. We're taught all of these things, the way to distract, to suppress, to avoid, to do anything but to feel our pain, right? Which is why most of us live in our minds, which is why most of us stay trapped in our minds because that's where we've created safety because we don't live in a world that tells you go into your pain, feel what's coming up for you. And so my entire life, I'd go up to my parents and I'd go to doctors and I'd be like, something's wrong with me. Like I can feel things and I don't understand why I feel the way that I do. And the, their solution to me was here's a pill. And so of course they don't cater to people like us. So all we're, we're drugged up and why are pharmaceuticals a billion dollar industries because so many of us are deeply sensitive, emotional beings and nobody teaches us how to actually feel our pain, how to actually process our pain, how to actually transform, alchemize our pain. So all we do is we suppress it and we distract it and we avoid it and we sex it and we drug it and we alcohol it. I mean, think about alcohol. Like literally, I remember like during pandemic, like what was one of the most essential stores that were open? Nothing was open, but a liquor store was right. And it's yeah. there to numb your pain. It's there. It's there to don't feel what's in there. Do everything else. And even like something even as working out, you know, a lot of people use working out as a way to, way to release their pain. But it's like still a coping mechanism. It's still a way for us not to feel what's coming up within us. So that's what I mean when it says we don't live in a world that caters to our sensitivities, to our emotions. And so when did you start to like notice or develop tools around keeping your sensitivity and gift uh, open? And also like, I mean, in the intro, obviously I mentioned how like you've interviewed a bunch of amazing people. So how do you, did you use your sensitivity as well to to help you in your interviews? Like, is that part of reason why you're very good at interviewing and helping people, you know, bringing out yeah. the best in those people and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that I didn't know that I was so sensitive. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. I just like, I really just thought like, Ellie, you're different and it sucks and you just gotta like learn how to deal with it, right? And so I think that because I've been so, um, I've always been a really great listener. I can, I can, I think now looking back, like I've always been able to feel people. I've always been able to like detect subtle energies. I've always known that about me, even in like, I'm Korean and in the Korean language, we have this world called nunchi, which is like awareness of like your surroundings. And I always felt like I had like really great nunchi. Like I could just feel people like immediately. And I knew how to, in interviews, I got really good with, you know, you meet a celebrity for 10 seconds and you go straight on camera you got to interview them. Right. So my job is like, I really got good at like, how do I break the wall between me and this stranger? And how do I just connect with them heart to heart? And I think that was one of the great things um, that made me a great interviewer or made a lot of the guests or a lot of the artists that I've interviewed feel comfortable was because I could just connect to them on like a, a very human soul level. Um, so in terms of that, I think that was a great asset for me, but then it affected me in a lot of other ways too. I just had a lot of unhealed wounding that really needed my attention. And I didn't know that at the time. And so even with my sensitivities, they're always there. I've just done a really good job of blocking them of like constantly, like not wanting to feel the depths of like how sensitive I was because I saw it as a downfall and not as 
uh, as a literal weapon of light, if that makes sense. Yeah. And when I think about sensitivity too, um, keep guarding that sensitivity seems somewhat hard because people don't necessarily take in consideration energetic boundaries or they run over your energetic boundaries. Um, and so how have you set up like energetic boundaries and like, how do you like, cause everything's very subtle and you know, this, I feel like everything's very subtle. And so when you sense somebody coming to your boundaries, the more like developed you are as a person, you can feel people come into your energetic field and it gets, it could get that deep where you're sensing things without obviously your sense of sight or your five senses, you can start to sense things outside of like outside of yourself like that. So how, how have you like established energetic boundaries and like what, what's the possibilities when it comes to sensing subtle energies and what can you know and find out? Well, I think that in terms of energetic boundaries, highly sensitive people have a real hard time setting boundaries. Let's just start with boundaries first because we never want to hurt anybody. Right. And so I think what you're talking about is like how other people's energies hop onto you and how we absorb other people's stuff. Right. Yeah. That's something that is it, it's not black or white. I think that, first of all, like we have to really get clear on like what creates people to um, uh, what allow what's in you that allows people to break your energetic boundaries or your boundaries in general. Like that's for you to look into. And then in terms of soaking other people's energies, like it's inevitable. Like I literally cannot go into like a Costco or a supermarket anymore without coming out fucking drained. Like, cause I know that I just absorbed so many people's energies in a lot of these stores. Like, you know, a lot of people are vibrating very low, you know, where we don't live in an enlightened healed world where everybody's vibrating at high frequencies, you know? And so like, I'll walk into a lot of establishments and I'll walk out feeling like I just got my ass kicked energetically because I know that when I went in there, all I did, I was a soaker. You know, so those things I know that I can't avoid. The only way that I can avoid that is probably not going into those stores. Right. But I still have <laughs> yeah. to live my life. And so I think for me, something that I do is like before I walk into any store, I put myself in an energetic bubble and I just literally say, like, please protect me from anything and everything that wants to attach into me because I do not want to come out of this, like just obliterated for the neck for the entire day. And so that's something that I do. But also like what we teach as master self university is like really deciphering, like what is a sensitivity and then what's a wound. Right. So in your case, right. What you're talking about is like when someone impedes your energetic boundaries, when someone impedes your energetic boundary, let's say it's a family member or a friend or whatever, what does ignite within you? What does it trigger within you? Because yes, you're a sensitive being and it's inevitable that you're going to soak other people's stuff, but what does it actually trigger within you? Are there any wounds that are showing up? And then if there are, that's your job to go in and heal all of that. But in terms of like creating physical boundaries, like even a boundary, like you can't create a boundary if it doesn't come from power, period. If it comes from weakness and it comes from an unwounded, heal, unhealed place, like there's no boundaries that can be created unless you go into yourself and figure out what's creating you, what's what's in within you that's not allowing you to create this boundary from a place of power. So there's a lot of different ways we can go about this one, but like energetic boundaries in general is like as sensitive as you're, you're going to soak up energies. And then your job is how do you alchemize and like really like alchemize all the energies that attach to you. And what we teach is you do it with an open heart. You do it through literally having the energy flow through your heart chakra and energetically detaching everything that's not yours. So that's what we, that's something that we teach the master of self university is open, clear, detach. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, before I go further with that. Um, so you talk about how you felt different than other people. Mm -hmm. Is that because you feel like maybe your soul was, uh, you know, you notice that your soul was alive. Cause I think that when you're born to this world, your soul is like active and then it slowly starts to shut itself down because you don't necessarily have the tools or the knowledge to keep it mm. uh, activated. And so when you feel different than everybody, I feel like it's maybe, you know, your soul is still there. Yeah. So, I mean, but for you person, uh, for you personally, is that what it is or is it something else? You know, I think that as soon as our souls come into earth, um, we, most of us experience trauma from the get go, you know, what was your mom like when she was incubating you for nine months? 
What was the birthing process like, you know? And as soon as our little souls experienced trauma, like for me, I can only speak for me personally, like I started disconnecting from source. Like I truly believe like when I go really deep into myself and I go just go into certain wounds, like a lot of like me and the womb comes up a lot for me. And I really believe like my mom went through a really tough pregnancy with me. And so I think as soon as my little soul started experiencing trauma, like I disconnected from source, I disconnected from divinity and I started learning real young how to close my heart. So it's not that our souls go away. Our souls are always there, but are, do we have closed hearts or do we have open hearts? And so for me, I started, you know, walking and talking in this earth and realizing like super early on, like I wasn't like everybody else. Like I didn't understand like why people were the way that they were. And it required me to start like seeing like, oh, I can't trust the world. I can't trust my caregivers. I can't trust anything. And so I started closing my heart really, really young. And I think that's what disconnects us from our divinity is literally closing our heart chakra. And this work that we teach and like the healing work is learning how to open the heart chakra because in opening the heart chakra, that's connecting back to your soul. That's connecting back to the divine spark that you are. That's connecting back to your higher self. Um, which is a journey. But yeah, I think that's part of the human experience is that we come here and we obviously we forget everything that we are. And then our jobs, whatever your soul is here to do is to come home to the remembrance of who you truly are and who you truly are is a divine soul having a temporary human experience. And for me, I really see now that my soul came here to come back to my wholeness, to come back to my power, to come back to the unconditional love that I am. But I've got so much trauma. I've got so much unhealed wounds. I got so many mental and emotional programs that are constantly running. And now the work that I'm doing is learning how to truly take all those energies and beginning to transform it by learning how to open my heart, how to connect back to myself. I like that. Um, so I'm curious, like if when you experience something traumatic, what is at the point of the trauma actually hitting you and touching you? I'm curious as to like, what if you notice that it does to you internally? Like if you ever explored or discovered yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Anytime we experience trauma, we close. You know, the trauma that we're experiencing, that's not safety, right? It's something that has completely riled our nervous system, everything. And so whatever we compute is whatever we're experiencing, whomever we're experiencing, whatever trauma is happening to you, right? It depends on the trauma. But let's say for me, right? I experienced, you know, a pretty tough upbringing. And so every time I experienced certain traumas in my childhood, I learned how to close. I learned how to get quiet. I learned how to get real small. And so something that's been really reflected to me in my beautiful partnership with my boyfriend, like talk about conscious partnership. Let me tell you something. Me and my boyfriend are literally doing everything the opposite of what we've ever been taught a relationship is. And one thing that he's reflected to me in our one year together is how supremely closed I am, how I've internalized everything, how I don't know how to speak about anything that's bothering me, anything that's running through me, because as a child, I learned it wasn't safe to express myself. It wasn't safe to be me. And so I just learned how to close, close, shut down and get real quiet. And so I think that's a lot of us that's universally we've experienced is when we experience trauma, we don't open, you know, we don't become more powerful. We learn quickly how to close, how to stay trapped in all the emotions that we experience. So no one's teaching us how to process all the emotions that we experience when we experience the trauma, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And so when you're going to like a rock bottom, like, and, and you were like, you know, in LA, was it just the oh my God. <laughs> buildup of all that stuff? And then it just, like, it just shuts you down. Like it was just so jolting to your system that you just went completely just down. Like you just completely shut down. Is that what that was? I mean, listen, I've, when I tell you I've been depressed my whole life, I've been depressed my whole life. Like I, like I'm, I remember literally being a kid. I'm like, what's up with you, Ellie? Cause you're a child. And like, why are you so sad and crying all the time? And so I've always been like this. And then when I was 16, shit started really hitting the fan. I was like severely bullied in high school. I was going through a lot of things at home. I wasn't doing well in school and I started getting debilitating panic attacks. And I was like, it was constant all the time. I was, I would get triggered by the littlest things. And so at 16, they put me in a psychiatry room and the psychiatrist looked at me, never asked me really anything. And he put me on my first antidepressant. And so for the last 19 years, I've just been taking this pill 
that numbs a lot of the things that are coming up constantly, right? Not that I didn't, it doesn't numb everything. It's still, you still go through it, but it's not at the extent of what's really going on because you're taking this pharmaceutical thing that's synthetic and like, and just shuts me down in so many ways. And so I've always been spiraling in a lot of ways, but I've always distracted and I've always just avoided whatever was coming up for me. And then in 2019, I moved from New York to LA to a new city for a new job and everything got really quiet and my relationship was suffering and I wasn't getting any auditions. The show that I signed to come to New York with like went radio silent. I didn't have a job anymore. It was like, it was awful. Like it was almost like everything got taken away from me. And this was like my billionth rock bottom. And I remember being on the floor of my room in this apartment in LA and just thinking like, I don't know how I can move on. I don't know how I'm going to do this because what's coming up for me right now is complete. I'm a failure. Um, there's no future. I suck because I really believed that if I didn't make it in LA, if I didn't make it in Hollywood, then I, could, I couldn't go home without being a star. And if I wasn't going to become a star, then how am I ever going to be worth a damn? Because I truly thought that my career was my value. I really thought that every every time I booked something, I I was like, oh, I'm somebody. So my worth was dependent on something that was external outside of me. And so when everything went quiet, I hit my billionth rock bottom. And that's when I heard the calling from the universe, like, you need to start doing inner work. And I had no idea what that meant. I was like, what? I don't know what that means. And I didn't even know the universe was talking to me. I didn't know my higher self was talking to me. I just knew that I was pretty fucked up. And I didn't know what was going on. And so then I remember I had my friend Nellie come up in my head and she always used to talk about manifestation. I used to think this woman's crazy. I don't know what she's talking about when it comes to manifestation, but I reached out to her and she was like, you should start this program about inner child work. And I was like, what's that? And so I just jumped into this program. I started doing inner child work and I realized quickly, oh, I'm supremely messed up. I don't have any self-worth. I don't know what it means to love myself at all. And I'm so unhappy in my life that I need to start from zero. And thus began my awakening into myself. And it inevitably became a spiritual awakening. Because one day I started seeing 11-11 so much. Dude, I thought I was going, I, I tell this story a lot, but like, I thought I was going crazy. And it's not like, I grew up very Christian. So for me, it's not like I had homies. I could hit it up being like, why am I seeing 11-11 like everywhere? So I literally Googled it. I said, I'm, I literally wrote, I'm seeing 11-11 everywhere. Am I crazy? And then in the Google search came up angel numbers. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I started reading about it. And I was like, oh, something's happening that is beyond this realm of what my human brain can comprehend. And that's when I realized the healing journey inevitably becomes a spiritual journey. And I know everyone's ego is going, what do you mean a spiritual? Like throw out everything you think about what spiritual is, whatever spiritual means to you. I started realizing like, as the more I went into myself, it started becoming a divine journey that was unexplainable. That was indescribable. And thus began my entry into the world of spirituality. And I have been, through many places in my spiritual journey and where I'm at right now is like the most grounded that I feel, but I had to do everything and try everything and do it all to understand that like spirituality is not about the clothes that you wear. It's not about how many, you know, bead necklaces you have or how many cacao ceremonies you're doing. It's about the inner journey back home to yourself. And it has been a wild 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 ride so yeah i hope that answered your question <laughs> yeah dude um so what is the relationship that you develop with your trauma because now okay you see it you see the closeness yeah what is it how do you develop a safe enough space within yourself yeah. in order to start to open it up you know heal it and and uh make sure that it stays healed you know yeah it can be Great easy question. for it to like get back open, you know? Yes. So yeah. Like beautiful. Heal? Yeah. So when I went into the spiritual, I was like, okay, I was like this. All right. I'm messed up. What you got for me. Right. So for almost three years, it's like, I'm not even kidding you. I tried everything. I did it all. I did. I was meditating diligently twice a day. I was doing breathwork classes. I joined a meditation center where I was meditating all the time. I did cold showers like Wim Hof. I did EFT tapping like I am beautiful. I am worthy. I went to a woman's retreat. I tried plant medicine. I tried everything. 
And even though I knew that I was growing and even though I know that I was expanding, I was like, why am I still getting triggered? And why am I still so angry? And why do I still hate the world? And why am I still spiraling in these cycles of like deep depression? Like why? And I knew three years into my journey, I was like, oh, I need guidance because there is too much that's being thrown at me and I'm trying everything and nothing's actually healing this shit because for the temporary moments, like I feel great after meditation. I feel great after a breathwork class. I feel great after yoga. I feel great after all these things, but then the shit comes back over and over and over again. So I said to myself one day to the universe, I literally said, guide me to the mentor, to the teacher, to the group, to the program, to the people, to whatever, to the book, whatever that is going to help me to learn how to trans, like literally heal this stuff permanently, because everything I'm trying does not seem like it's working. So whatever that looks like, whatever it is, I'm so open, but whatever's for my highest timeline, please guide me there, right? So one day, this is months and months, I would say this all the time to the universe. I just tell him like, guide me, guide me, guide me. One day I was losing my mind. I was like literally like spiraling in another cycle, right? And I went into my car with my dog and nature was like my best friend at this point. Like nature was the only place that I could have a sense of like calm because I, when I tell you, like, I'm always going through something like internally, like the way that I can, the depths of emotion that I can feel within me and within others, like it's not fun. It's not. And I've always struggled with this. Right. And so I'm in my car and I'm going crazy in my head, like, and I'm crying and I go into the Apple podcast and into the search bar, I literally wrote mind going crazy. And this one podcast episode pops up and it's called mental programming. And I went, what's that? And I clicked on it and I'm driving an hour to the mountains and I'm listening to this woman speak. And I could literally feel my soul vibrating. And all I could feel was this is the next chapter. So as soon as I heard now my mentor and my leader now, my spiritual leader and teacher, Rachel Fiore speak, I was like, this is it. I was like, whatever she's saying is hitting me so deep. I need to understand because she has the answer to my question of how to truly heal. And I got into a consultation with her and I jumped into a six month mystical life program certification. And it was so funny. Like when I, when I entered this new chapter, I was like this, I'll learn a few things. And it was like, no, baby girl, you better sit back because your life is about to explode in the most beautiful and the most brutal way. And so now I've been doing this work for a year. And I'll tell you this, it has transformed my life in the deepest ways. And I know, obviously, like, think about it, like I have, I'm 36. So I have 35 years of intense pain that I have not felt. So I know that my journey is not um it's not linear and there's no time frame on it but i have been given the tools to understand how to truly begin to alchemize my pain okay so i'll break it down for you real quick and i'll give you a context too because i have been on antidepressants for 19 years i've been on every kind i've been on high doses medium doses i've tried to get off of them many times every time i try to go off i would lose myself and i'd get back on because i was too weak to like face and feel all of it and with this work that we teach at master self university i'm four months off my antidepressants it has been insane okay it has been insane because i've opened thank you but i've opened pandora's box and every single thing that has been numbed for the last 19 years of my life has shown itself and it continues to show itself. But the reason why I got off of it off of it is because I realized the reason why I've been on these pills for so long was because I was afraid to feel what was in there. And the work that we teach is we dive into the pain and we learn how to do that with an open heart because it is through an open heart chakra where unconditional love flows. Think about the frequency. Everything's frequency. Everything's energy. Everything. You're ener- you're, you are energy. I am energy. The plant behind you is energy. The TV behind you, our microphone, everything is energy, right? And which means energy never dies. It can only be transformed into something else. So what we teach is how do we take these low frequencies that we carry within our fields of shame, of guilt, of unworthiness, whatever you carry in there, and how do we begin to transform it with the vibration of unconditional love? And where does unconditional love flow? Through an open heart chakra. But the journey is, is that you have to realize too, that many of us have a closed heart. So my journey has been learning how to open, how to honor what is blocking my heart from opening. 
And so that's the work that we teach at Master Self University. And that's just a little bit of it. But I'll, I've been talking for a minute. But yeah, so it's been life changing. And how do you gain a vantage point to actually see the, the pain that you're in? Because, you know, it can be easy to be the, when you experience something traumatic, it's easy to get sucked under. And mm-hmm. a lot of people describe, especially when they go through depression, like, oh, I feel like I'm drowning. Yeah. You know, that's a common yeah. like symptom of depression. You just feel like you're drowning. So like, how do you rise above it and actually see what's going on? Yeah. And then how do you then start to re like, like how you said, alchemize some of that stuff that is yeah. going on and how do you get out of drowning, feeling like you're drowning and stuff? Yeah. So we teach a step-by-step blueprint of how to do all this. So the first thing is your triggers, you know, when you get triggered, that's a little present to you dropped off by the universe going, Hey, there's stuff here that is unhealed that needs your love and attention. And it doesn't matter how big the trigger is. And it doesn't matter how little the trigger is. When you are triggered, when you are pulled out of peace, that is an invitation that something is in there. There's an energy that's been activated that needs your attention, your stillness, and your love. And so when I first started doing this work, I was like, okay, I'm not that triggered. Day one, I recorded my triggers. I was triggered 30 times. And this is how unconscious we are to even our triggers because we're constantly just like, just like, oh no, like just trying to move on, trying to pass it, trying to suppress it, trying to do anything but to feel when we're pulled out of peace. So the first thing we do is identify your triggers. And then the next step we teach you is what are the programs that your mental, what your mind is running? We call them mental programs. So as a result of this trigger, what's your mind saying about it? Because all those thoughts are energies, right? And a lot of those thoughts have been with you for a very long time because this certain trigger activates energies that have been trapped within you for a very long time. And then we go into what are the emotions that are arising as a result of this trigger and what your mind is saying? How are you behaving as a result of it? And what's the inner child wound that's being activated right now? And what we teach you is how do we mystical parent your inner child? A lot of the inner child work that I've done out there in the world is like coddle your inner child, like let your inner child know that they're safe. And the work that we teach is do all that stuff, but ignite the power that lives within your inner child. The inner child is you. Who we are is divinity. Who we are is divine light. And everything in our divinity is power. It's unconditional love. So when I go into the trigger and I identify all these things, a three-year-old pops up, an infant pops up, a seven-year-old pops up. I worked through this wound a couple of months ago where my 19-year-old self kept showing up over and over and over again because at 19, I experienced a really big trauma that I never processed, right? So it's about teaching our inner child how to grow their light, that they're powerful enough to feel everything that is being activated within them because it shows up in real time because there is an aspect of our inner child that was never healed, that was never processed. So we, we teach you a step-by-step process on all to do all these things. It's an energetic experience and it comes down to opening your heart. That's amazing. I'm actually reminded because one, some of the people that I look up to, like when it comes to healing is actually, um, the, the Christian monks out in, what do you call it? The desert fathers is what they call them. And one, mm-hmm. one of their quotes is, um, sit in your cell and it will teach you everything. Mm. So a lot of times people like struggle with, um, you know, temptations or old programming and things like that. Yeah. And the first reaction is to go and act out on it and to carry out that thing. Yes. But the, the quote is very simple. It's just sit in your cell and it'll teach you everything. It's, which is basically saying just sit there and then allow the things to come up and yeah. they'll show you everything you need to know. And it'll literally be your teacher. So it's like you sit there and then you, you'll, you'll learn so much by just sitting there and allowing yourself to get triggered and allowing yourself to feel everything. And then, like you said, like you'll start to see those like, those little parts of you, like when you're five or six or yeah, 12 that got hurt yep. and how you are literally still embodying that and acting it out unconsciously like that. Yep. Very interesting when you start to watch these little parts of yourself just act yeah. around. Because the emotion that you feel, the energies that's activated, that's the memory. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we do everything but not to feel. And that's why there's so much darkness in this world. People are always talking about like, oh my God, I don't want to go to hell. This is hell. Like, what do you, like, every, earth is hell. Like what we experience here is so low. It's so dense. It's so dark because the collective and what's out there is a reflection of what is within us individually. And most people, we don't know how to take responsibility over ourselves. So what do we do? We throw up on everybody else. 
We project, we blame, we point the fingers at everybody else. It's them, not me. And the warrior's journey is about, wow, you just triggered something within me. Let me go into myself. Let me take full responsibility over myself and let me go honor what is coming up for me. That's power. But most people don't want to do that. So then you wonder why the world is the way that it is. It's because nobody will sit and feel what is coming up within them. Nobody honors their pain. And it's not anybody's fault. We're not taught this shit, right? And so that's why like the healing journey, the spiritual journey, there's no blueprint. There's no step one and step two and step three and step four. We're all different going through our own journeys, right? But is it, it is about how much will you honor the pain that is arising within you? Because in honoring your pain, you're honoring yourself. That's self-love. Because that's an aspect of you that's popping up constantly. And when you do everything and anything not to honor you, you're abandoning yourself over and over again. And then you cycle and you stay exactly where you are and you never evolve and you never grow into the back into the powerful being that you are within. Yeah, um, I'm curious. Or I want to talk about like facing darkness because to me that fascinates me. Just a darkness and, you know, um, one memory I'm reminded of is like I knew somebody that had a memory of them you could say like falling out of heaven. And then as soon as they landed on earth, they just were cast into darkness. And so mm. usually when people are, when you, when you start to wake up, you start to yeah, like realize like this is somewhat of a hell like that you go through. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, have you ever had memories like that? Or have you ever, like, what is it like to be in the midst of darkness and how do you like pull yourself out of that? Yeah, I think a lot of people get pain and darkness confused. And like, let's be honest. Like if you just sit still and you feel into the vibration of humanity, it's not that high. It's not right. I mean, think about like cancel culture and like, and nobody can have a pain on everything. Everybody wants to annihilate everybody. Everybody wants to destroy everybody because it's a reflection, right? That's when darkness is put out in the world. When you cause harm unto another being, that's darkness. And that's what everybody does, Right. But there's a difference between darkness and pain. If you have pain within you and you're not spewing that out in the world, that's not darkness. But the moment that you don't go into your pain and you blame it on someone else, you hurt someone else, you've just spread darkness out in the world. And even with that story of like coming out from heaven, like they call earth the toughest place to be. Souls that come here, you came here to motherfucking learn. You came here to grow. It's like it's like a fast speed of the evolution of your soul. Like this is not a fun place to be, right? And the people who I hear like, oh my God, I'm having so much fun. I'm like, oh, you're a new soul because like the <laughs> older souls, like it's not easy for us because we've been here so many times. And like this, like for me, I feel like this life for me is like the big kahuna. Like this life is like, hey, Ellie, everything you need to face it and you need to feel it and you need to heal it because you're ready for the next level. And the next level for me, I hope to God is not earth again, because I, I feel like I've just been here and I, and I've done it. I've done it. And like, I just, I'm ready for the next step. Right. And so that's what I, I see darkness as is like the moment you cause harm to another being, whatever that may look like, you've just spread darkness out in the world, but the pain within you is your pain. And it's there to be honored. It's there to be loved. It's there to be transformed back into unconditional love. But most people don't want to do that because it's hard. It's easier for, if you trigger me, it's easier for me to be like, he's such an asshole. Then it is for me to sit there and go, what did you just bring up within me? What is coming up within me that hurts? And that is so painful. Let me go into that. And that is how we spread more love into the world. You know that that quote, be the change you want to see in the world? I would always be like, what does that mean, right? And it's like, now I understand it. Be the change you want to see in the world. You become the change for you. And then think about how your vibration increases as you begin to cultivate more love for yourself, more love for your pain, more love for everything that hurts within you. Mm -hmm. And um, talking about darkness too, one thing that I also think about as well is obviously the unknown, I would contribute to being darkness as well. Like the unknown, you don't know about it. So it's dark. You don't know anything about it. Um, part of becoming awake and going through this awakening process is you can say developing um, sight or true sight. And I mean, you could say, or connecting to spirit. And so when you wake up, you start to connect to 
um, spirit, which is everywhere. It's omniscient. It sees everything. Mm. And that's light. When you're able to perceive and look into that darkness and be aware of that darkness. And so the more you become light, the more you start to see more and more. You start to yeah. feel more and more things around you. Somebody that's operating at a lower vibration, they're so closed off and focused on themselves that they don't, you know, they can't handle the light, which is an expansive, open, sees everything, is intuitive, can see. I mean, you can develop abilities by just opening up and connecting to spirit like this. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of curious as to like, how, how have you navigated the unknown? Mm-hmm. How have you expanded yourself and opened like, what is it like to kind of reach out like that and open yeah. yourself up more and more? And what is that process like, the awakening yeah. process like? You know, first I'll say like, you can't appreciate, you can't have light without the dark, period. And like, there's so much toxicity in the spiritual world, just like focus on the light, focus on the love, focus on positivity. And it's like, but you're dishonoring that there's darkness. You're dishonoring the other half of the equation, right? I can't appreciate the light without the dark and I can't appreciate the dark without the light. It's about how do we go into the darkness with the light that we are? How do we ignite the dark cave with the light that we are? And so for me, it's like, I'll give you an example. Since I got off these antidepressants, the last four months, I have woken up every single morning except two mornings with debilitating fear, like the kind of fear where I want to die. And this has been with me since I was a kid, but then the antidepressants like really masked it. And then in the last few years, it's popped up. But like now that I don't have anything anymore, it comes up every single morning. And every single morning I have a choice, right? My mind tells me, why don't you like go take a walk? Why don't you just go to yoga? Because this is too uncomfortable right now. Or the other choice is, how do I open and feel every inch of what is coming up for me? And so even this morning, I woke up with so much terror and so much anxiety. Like, I can't like, it's like, like anxiety. Like, I like I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to live. I don't know how I'm going to do this day. And then my job is, hey, you're here. Thank you for showing yourself to me. I know how much of you is in there. I'm just going to love you. And I breathe. And I literally connect to my heart chakra and I just open and I honor every millimeter of the terror. And listen, my mind will say things like, get out. We don't want this. And I'll honor that too. Hey, I hear you, but we're not doing that because that keeps me in weakness. That keeps me trapped. I'm here to be the way of surrender, to literally be in the energetic experience of what it means to surrender to the pain. And every time I do that, I'll have these moments where all I can feel is light bursting out of my heart and it'll come in like these waves and the, and then the terror comes back in and I honor the terror. It's like, okay, you're back. That's okay. And I just stay open and I don't go into all this stuff of like, don't do this. This is so much. This I acknowledge all that there. It's okay that you're here. I'm still going to be here with you. I'm still going to sit with you. I'm still going to love you. And I don't leave my bed until I feel peace. And then every morning, I feel like I, I go to war, literally. That's how I start my day every morning. But every time I choose myself and I, I know that where I'm going and where I'm headed headed, and who I'm becoming every morning when I do that is indescri- like I can feel my power in those moments. Like this is what it means to come home. This is what it means to love myself unconditionally is to honor with so much love what is coming up. And that to me is like, like getting off of these things has been like the most difficult thing, but it, I can see now I can be in such in the, in truly in the, in the energy of gratitude for like, holy shit, Ellie, you're doing it. Like you're doing it and good on you, sis, because this is not easy. This is not easy. Yeah. Can I actually talk about, you mentioned the way of surrender. What exactly is that? And like, how do you, how do you practice surrender? Because that's not a lot of times when you're on go and you're doing things, you're not practicing necessarily surrendering. Yeah. What is it like to actually surrender, let go and yeah. fall into the heart like that? Beautiful. So, so my mentor, uh, she has a book called the Mason's way, the 20 universal ways of oneness. It's taught by the spirit of an enlightened dog. And it's the 20 universal ways of us to come home back to the remembrance that we are one. And so one of the ways, the first way is the way of responsibility, taking responsibility over yourself and not projecting harm and blaming others, right? The second way is the way of patience, 
to have patience to what is because something on my journey too that I experienced is like, why am I not healed? <laughs> and like, why am I not where I want to be? And it's not honoring what is. So learning how to be the energetic experience of the way of patience, you know, like sometimes I'll be like dropping into my heart space and I'll just feel all this frustration of like, why are you still here? Like, why are you still experiencing things? And then I have to bring in the way of patience and to really feel what that means. Like if you, if you feel into the words, right? Surrender, patience, unconditional love, you can feel the vibration of those words, right? But most people we do all this affirmation of like, I'm surrendering and I'm this and I'm letting go. And it's like, if you're not truly embodying what that means, you're never going to get anywhere. You're just saying things to bypass what's coming up. And then the third way is the way of surrender, surrendering to what is, because so much of what we do is we, we resist what is when we resist what is, we can't flow with what is, which means we're not in surrender. So when I'm in this space and I can feel resistance coming up because resistance is energy, right? And this resistance is like, don't want to do this. Don't want to feel this. Don't want to be here. Don't, we could be doing a million other things. You don't have to do this right now. And I'm like, oh, resistance, you're showing up. You want to be here. You're coming up for me. Beautiful. That's okay that you're here. I'm still going to sit here and I'm still going to open. And then I bring in, I am the way of surrender and feeling what that truly means. Not just saying it because it sounds good. There was this one morning where there was so much pain that was coming up for me and I could just feel myself falling apart. Like I was like, this is so painful. It's so excruciating. And then I was just like, Ellie, you're resisting what is. That's why it hurts so much. You're I'm going against the grain. Think about it. When you're in this place of this is so painful. This sucks. I hate this. You're going against the pain. So in that moment, I went, oh, let me bring in surrender. So I sat there and I said three times to myself, I am the way of surrender. And I could, I sang it with being in the vibration of what that means. And I, after I said it the third time, I felt my entire, I felt resistance, everything just fall. And I just opened. And that morning was like revolutionary for me because I was in the energetic experience of surrender. And I wasn't just saying it because I was avoiding why I wanted to avoid what was coming up. I went into it and I felt it and I embodied it. And that led me to one of like my biggest healings. And I walked out of that morning of like, holy shit, I'm a badass. And I understand what this shit means. And so this whole book is about when we become every single way, the 20 universal ways, it, the last 20th way is the way of harmony of how to live truly in harmony and oneness with others. And that's where humanity is heading, right? That's why so many souls like you and I, we came here to do this. Earth cannot hold the vibration of what we have been for centuries and centuries. It can't. It's so low. It's killing us, right? So many of us came here in this incarnation. That's why they call it the great awakening to wake up to the remembrance of who we are. And how do we do that? We start going within ourselves. We start healing. We start really having acute self-awareness and we start going into our pain. And the more that we do that, the more light shines on this earth. And then we raise the vibration of humanity. And so we are the pioneers of that shit. Okay. I always say they're probably going to study us, study us hundreds, hundreds of years later. They're gonna be like those crazy souls that came here to awaken in a very unawakened, low conscious world. Like my hat goes off to them. And it's true. Like we're here to do this in a very low conscious world. And that's why it's so difficult. That's why I've lost a lot of people in my life. And that's okay. You know, but I know that what I came here to do is like, I want to hit a home run so that when I'm on my deathbed, I could go soul. We completed our mission, right? We did the damn thing, right? And that that means showing up for myself every day. And so when you're letting go, what were some like uh, blocks? Because uh, usually when I like let go and stuff or surrender, there'll be blocks. And then on the other side of that block is like an intuitive download or information. Like you'll get hits of them. So I'm mm -hmm. curious is like, have you received intuitive information block or after healing a block or resistance and have you also had mystical experiences after letting go of a resistance or block yeah so you know even the term letting go is so tricky because like letting go to me is like it's a way that and i don't i don't i can't i can feel that it's not your experience but you know people are always like just let it go it's like, okay, so you want me to just let go of an unhealed wound that's been with me since I was like three years old. You don't want me to let go because letting go is bypassing the pain, right? So when I, when I surrender to it, 
Yes, it's letting go in a different way. This is the problem with the English language. There's not enough words for everything, right? So like even letting go can be really tricky. There's surrendering and letting go. And then there's letting go and bypassing. But for me, it's like, I can feel my power when I do this. Like I can feel the real me come back, like truly. And like, I've been so disconnected from the real me because of all the things that I've experienced and all the things that I've been processed. But like, for me, it's been this experience of, holy shit, like who I really am. Like, I feel this like dragon in me, like this, like warrior of the light, like blazing. And I touch her and I connect with her every time I do this work. And so for me, that's how, that's what it's been the experience for me of like, man, I'm coming home back to my true self right now. And then, you know, I'll go throughout my day and then I'm back to like my wounded self and then I'll get triggered all day. And then I got to go in and I got to honor what's coming up. But for me, that's been the experience of like, oh, I'm just like, I'm healing all these parts of my shadow self. And I'm just bringing back all the pieces back to me right now. I'm like a Lego piece, you know, and I'm just like, all the Lego pieces are coming back online. And it's, yeah, it's just feeling the power within. Mm -hmm. And I got a final question for you. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to be a master of self? Oh, to master yourself means to love unconditionally all that has kept you from yourself. And when I say yourself, I don't mean in the egoic ways of I am Ellie or I'm an on-camera personality or I'm a mystical life coach. I'm a dog mom. I'm a girlfriend. None of those things. It's the I am. And mastering yourself is connecting back to the I am, connecting to the higher soul, connecting back to divinity, being a divine being walking this earth and healed all of the energies and the un unhealed wounds and the programs and traumas that have kept me in this place of being so disconnected. I am here to master myself. And that means diving into the pain. That means bringing unconditional love to the pain. And that means coming back to the power within. That's awesome. And uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at L-E-Y-J Lee. If you guys ever want to work with me, you can set up a free consultation. I teach this work uh, to others and I do group classes and everything. But yeah, you can find me on those social media platforms. Or maybe a hiking trail. Or a hiking trail, dude. I know you're in LA. So if you ever come to San Diego, dude, let's go on a hike. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for um, sure. And uh, any last thoughts? Before we head no. Out? Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, we're here to do the damn thing and anybody out there listening, I know it's not hard, but it feels really lonely, but we're all in this together because we are one. So I just want to send everyone love and uh, keep going, keep pushing. This is for you. And when you do it for you, you do it for all of us. Yeah. Don't quit. Don't yeah. quit. There. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Ellie, thank you for coming on and uh, have a good rest of your day. Hi. Thank <laughs> you.